build systems and, and hire a team to be able to run the business uh, so that if I wanted to go on vacation or I got sick or I just needed a day that the business would continue operating without me. And, uh, you know, it took a little while, but it was well worth it. Welcome to the Foundry, where leaders are forged daily. Each week, we investigate themes of leadership, entrepreneurship, and mindset with some of the greatest minds in real estate. And now, the data scientist of real estate, George Roberts. Welcome back, investors. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Ed Matthews, founder of Clark Street Capital. He is a former Silicon Valley executive turned real estate entrepreneur, and he went full-time in 2018 and has been focused on multifamily real estate ever since. <clears throat> he is the host of the Real Estate Underground podcast, and we are happy to have him here today. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thank you. How are you? Good to see you. Yeah, doing fabulous. Thanks for asking. Most people don't ask me and we just barrel into it, but right. uh, it's always good to uh, to have some momentum. And I want to ask you, first of all, about personal branding and sure. rebranding. Sure. So you obviously had a very high powered career. You're a, take us back, you're a Silicon Valley executive, and now you found amazing opportunities in real estate. So how did you rebrand yourself and what were you able to repurpose from career one as you went into career two? Yeah, great question. So I loved everything about working for, you know, small to mid-sized startups. Uh, every day was different. And I've discovered over my years that I have a profound case of entrepreneurial ADD. So I kind of thrive in those situations where every day is a new curveball. You know, it was, uh, it was a tremendous uh, opportunity, you know, a, a whole bunch of companies that most people haven't heard of, Poopa, Ariba, uh, but DocuSign, you probably heard of. That was the last yeah. one I was with. And and I use it every day. I use it too. Good. I'm <laughs> a glad lot to of hear people, that. A lot of people in real estate use it. It's, it's yes, a great tool. I love it. As a, as, a, <laughs> as a current shareholder, I'm grateful. Thank you. So the, you know, the, the challenge with, you know, managing a career like that. And so I spent a ton of time in sales, a ton of time doing marketing, uh, and eventually got into operations and, and management. And so, you know, in terms of the career, Amazing, you know. I get to meet just heavy hitter after heavy hitter, and that was uh, really interesting and a lot of fun. Uh, getting to learn from those, you know, that type of person. And but you know, the challenge of it is that I have two now twenty-year-old uh, and a fifteen-year-old daughters, and a wife who actually still likes me, and I still like her a whole lot. And uh, but I was traveling, you know, one hundred and fifty to two hundred nights a year, and so it's right. really hard to be you know, an influencer, a, you know, to have an impact on your children's lives from a courtyard Marriott somewhere out in the Midwest. Absolutely. I guess the new career helps with that too, right? Because it does there indeed. is an appropriate amount of distance, right? You want to be close, but not too close. Yeah. I have an office condo where I'm sitting right now, which is about five miles from my house. So it's, you know, that five minute ride uh, lets me gear up in the morning and decompress at night. And so I get to leave the job at the uh, proverbial office, literally. And, uh, and, and that's nice because that allows me to be present. So to answer the second half of your question, um, I got into real estate as a passion. I, I you know, I, I, and my, I think my story is semi-typical in that uh, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, the Purple Bible, and it fundamentally changed my life in terms of my view of 
what my future entrepreneurial endeavors would look like. And real estate was something that I knew quite well. You know, when I was younger, my uh, my father was a, a carpenter, and you know, I I learned some of those skills holding his hammer. But uh, the uh, you know the other part of it, I worked construction as a teenager, and and really just kind of fell in love with the whole process. When I read Rich Dad, it took me quite frankly about three years to kind of overcome the fear of signing on the dotted line and and managing properties. But uh, I finally did that in eleven. And then went full time in 2018. You know, at the point where one, my travel was was getting you know very difficult, and two, uh, the income from our multifamily portfolio surpassed what I was making in terms of salary and compensation for the uh, you know for the my corporate world. So yeah, uh, I jumped off. I like that, and that's harder, of course, when you are an executive. It's it's easier when you're an hourly employee to say, hey, I surpassed my income. Let's Let's quit. Let's right. move on. But I also want to uh, zero in a little bit on you went from a very entrepreneurial background into real estate. And obviously, a lot of parallels there. I mean, every time Absolutely. you get a new building, right, that's a new LLC, it's a new business plan. Right. And I think that a lot of people, I mean, I have the same thing. I never worked at a startup, it was one of my great desires. Uh, unfulfilled, but I, I can see how that would be similar. And I just feel like everybody, you got to look at your personal history and you may think, hey, you know, my her personal history just doesn't perfectly support real estate. How am I going to do this? It's totally different. But guess what? If you look at it from the right perspective, you're going to find that you have something that you can, you can call out from that past. That's just perfect. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the fundamentally, and, and I'm, you know, a firm believer in the fact that we're in the marketing business, right? You know, it's it's like the old uh, Ray Kroc story, you know, when they he met with the Harvard B-School kids, he was speaking at Harvard at one point and he said, he asked the group, you know, what business am I in? And they said, well, you're in the quick serve business or the fast yeah. food business or whatever. And, you know, he corrected them and said, no, 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 that's, that's how, that's our product, but I'm actually in the real estate business, right? And so, you know, what you see from the outside is not necessarily how you execute uh, internally in your operation. You know, real estate, yes, our product is that we deliver really clean, safe, and and well-appointed housing for uh, folks that live in C and now B-class buildings. And we serve the living daylights out of them, and hopefully they stay for a really long time. Uh, but the fact is, is that from a, you know, nothing happens until we create awareness with our building owners, uh, the brokers and agents that we deal with, our lenders, uh, as well as frankly, the investors, right? And so, you know, this is a huge marketing effort that begets, you know, the product, which is which is housing, right? Right. I'm hearing marketing, or oh, you're yeah. saying marketing, but I'm hearing service. You see a huge aspect of that as being serving the people who live in your buildings. Yeah, twofold, right? I like sleeping at night. So I need to know that I'm doing right by the folks that live in our buildings. It's a lot of responsibility. But the second part of it is it, it's also good business, right? Because, you know, the tenancy, you know, average tenancy, I, I'm in Connecticut, the average tenancy here, I think is like somewhere in the ballpark of 16 months, which means just about every year and a half, you're moving. That's a, that's a lot of moving, right? And, you know, so our goal was, George, I know you know this very well, uh, as, as does your audience, that vacancy is really expensive and sure. turnover is really expensive. And yeah. so, you know, the reason one of, in addition to doing the right thing, it's also, you know, by serving them by when something breaks, we fix it. When they have a question, we answer it. 
We always follow up. We always do what we say we're going to do. Please and thank you uh, are in every sentence we use. Yes, sir. Yeah. And yes, ma'am. And it's my pleasure. Our I know I was just about to mention Chick-fil-A because I want to say they are some of the best totally. people yeah. at doing that. And, and I, yeah, I learned, without a doubt. And but here's the thing, you know, by doing that, by in a lot of cases, we're buying properties, you know, especially the value added ones where there's a breakdown in the relationship between the resident and the and the property owner of the property mm -hmm. management company. And so part of our effort when we go in to do our pass of clean and safe is to rebuild the relationship or at least start that process because um, we want them to stay. I mean, the fact is, is that our our residents typically stay, you know, we just snapped the line and did it again, uh, measured it about a month ago. And that, you know, our average tenancy in our world is about 3.6 years. And that includes class C and class B buildings. So, you know, I, I think that that's uh, when we're doubling up what local tenancy uh, rates are, we're doing pretty well. And, you know, the good news is that the reason that it's better, you know, better business is because in those three and a half years, we're, you know, obviously we're providing them a you know, basically a brand new unit when they move in, but we don't have turnover. So, you know, the the cost of the vacancy, the cost of freshening up an, a unit, um, the cost of leasing a, a, you know, that unit one more time, we save all of that for, you know, three, almost four years now. So it makes our business a lot more profitable. Yeah, outstanding. And what are you doing in addition to just giving great customer service? Is there anything else like community days? What do you do to build that community that wants to live there two, three, four years? So this is a people business, right? And so we are, you know, first and foremost, me as the principal, I'm present, right? They know who I am. And, uh, you know, I, and in fact, in the early days, although I, we're getting to the point where I, I can't do this as often as I'd like, I used to door knock every door and, you know, introduce myself as the person that owns the building. And, you know, I, I had a whole bunch of my friends like, oh my God, don't do that. Don't do that. You know, cause then yeah. they'll call you. And I said, no, I want them to call me. It's okay. And, you know, and then we just train them on how best to get served. Right. And, you know, calling my cell phone is, is a decent way to get a hold of us. But if you actually call our customer service folks, you're going to get help immediately. But the fact is, is that, you know, I recognized early on that, uh, you know, that relationship needed to be shared or uh, repaired. So, you know, first step is clean and safe. So we go in and, and make sure that all the mechanicals are operating properly and that, you know, there are no issues and you'd be surprised. Um, maybe not, but we find a lot of issues and we immediately upgrade all of the common areas and, you know, we communicate and we document everything. So they understand, Hey, new sheriff in town. And we actually care about their satisfaction. And then it's just, a, and then it comes down to a people business. You know, we don't necessarily, so a lot of our multis are in that I'm coining a phrase from uh, my friend, Margaret Kozlark, uh, uh, micro family, right? So it's that six unit to 20 ish unit uh, building. That's where most of our buildings fall. And so, you know, there is, we've done, you know, things around the holidays and uh, I've, I've been asked to, to dress up like Santa Claus and I haven't said yes to that yet. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, we've certainly, uh, we go out of our way to make, you know, that time of year, a whole lot of fun. At, at one of the buildings, one of the residents had asked, you know, can we do a Halloween parade? Like, absolutely. Of course you can. And the only thing I ask is that you let me come and and hand out candy. And they were like, absolutely. So, you know, me and a couple of uh, folks from my team were out there handing out candy and it was a whole lot of fun. You know, it's uh, it, so there's, you know, there's certain things that we do, but not like, 
you know, with the much larger communities that you're probably familiar with. Got it. Yeah. Well, I love it. There's no gimmick there. It's just caring about people. But one thing I'm really hearing really strong in that story is the door knocking. You know, it seems like every, every landlord says, don't let them know you're the landlord. Hey, we're just here to do an inspection or whatever, you know, nobody says, Hey, I'm a landlord. So I love that. And uh, very, very good. I think there's a lot. If you get one thing out of this podcast, I think that that could be worth your entire hour. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty easy to figure out who I am. I'm, you know, I'm not a small person. I'm, you know, six, four and rather imposing. So I don't blend very well with other human beings and my face is all over the website and and social media. So if, you know, all you have to do is, is uh, Google Clark street and you're going to see my face (laughs) everywhere. So it's kind of hard to hide. So I might as well just be upfront about it. Yeah. Awesome. Now I wonder with all that background, you mentioned having shares, do you do angel investing or was that all as a matter of being an executive at these companies? Uh, so no, I was not an angel investor in any of the companies I worked yeah. for. Um, I have invested in early stage companies around a and angel fund at okay. times. I don't have any investments in technology at the moment, but, uh, I'm always looking and well, yeah, I love it. And, uh, it's, it's, I think it's very important because one of the things I want to introduce my investors to, or my listeners here is there is a real wealth of alternative investments. Indeed. Syndications are a great way to go. Hey, that's what I do. We're going to talk about your fund in a yeah. moment, which is another way. It's similar to syndications, a similar way of getting into a, a large commercial investment. And yeah, there's all kinds of things, private equity. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, just take a look out there and don't limit yourself to stocks and bonds. I right. hope that's not what you're doing. And if you are, just realize that you have your whole life ahead of you. And even I, I mean, I'm learning things all the time. Sometimes I invite people on the show just because I like their asset class and I'm trying to get into it. So, right. Yeah. It's the cool part about uh, hosting a podcast is that uh, you you control who you talk to, which is wonderful. Right. (laughs) It is. Okay. So we were going to mention that podcast in any event. So let's do it now since you brought it up. So you are the host of the Real Estate Underground podcast. I watched it. It's an amazing show. I think there's so much to learn there. Why don't you lay it out for us? What makes your show different? Who are you trying to connect with? So this uh, this podcast started off a little bit selfishly in that I, you know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing is coaching and mentoring folks. And uh, I was working with, I was a partner at, at the local RIA, uh, and that part of it was, you know, absolutely amazing. I loved every minute of it. And then I decided to leave so I could focus on just this business. Again, entrepreneurial ADD, I've got to, you know, stay away from the shiny objects. But so Real Estate Underground kind of scratches that itch. It's it's educational in content and format. You know, my job is to interview, and George, you were kind enough to be on the sh- on the show. Thank you again. Yes, looking forward to seeing that come out. It should be it's fun. coming out. Uh, I think you're about two weeks away. And so the you know the fact is is what I'm looking to do is interview uh, people who are smarter than me and ask them a whole bunch of loaded questions about how they got where they are, <laughs> the mistakes they've made, the successes they've had, why they do it the way they do it because everybody's different. And you know, George, like you. I treat it as if, okay, you're going to, you as the guest are going to teach me the host and right. And by indirectly, you know, the, the audience on, you know, how do you uh, start grow and then ultimately scale a successful real estate business? And, you know, I look at different asset classes as well. We've had industrial investors, we've had uh, commercial uh, retail investors. We do, we, I've interviewed a couple of uh, folks that uh, do land investing, land flipping, you know, house flippers. 
but predominantly we talk multifamily. And, uh, and so it's, you know, I'm very focused on best practices and how you put systems in place. And because, you know, the only way, like, for instance, when I left corporate America, you know, I had a side hustle. It wasn't really a business. If I stopped doing what I was doing every day, everything stopped. Yeah. And so, you know, part of the mission that first year, year and a half was to build systems and, and hire a team to be able to run the business uh, so that if, I wanted to go on vacation or I got sick or I just needed a day that the business would continue operating without me. And, uh, you know, it took a little while, but it was well worth it. And uh, so, you know, I try to share a lot of those experiences with the audience on the podcast as well. Yeah, outstanding. And if anybody's wondering, why am I chuckling? Well, Ed is talking about asking loaded questions. I know exactly why, because I'm doing the same thing over here. I'm plugging everybody for information because I know every one of these guests, even if we are very much in a similar business like multifamily, I learn at least one amazing nugget from each guest. And I think you're going to get five or six. We're only a few minutes into this interview, maybe a couple dozen today from Ed. So Hi, Bar George, I'll do my best. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm going to do my best to make it easy because I've got a lot of great questions for you and cool. have been following your career. Now, you also mentioned about connecting with people. Yeah. And I'd like to know, you connect with people through your podcast. That's a right. segue I was looking for. Yeah. Uh, but I want to know who would you like to connect with today through this podcast appearance? So what are you looking for mainly? Are you looking for passive investors, deal finders, capital raisers, KPs, like who, who are you looking to reach out to? Who can you help and who can help you? So I think our, our constituencies are, you know, two main groups of people. Uh, one are uh, real estate investors themselves. Um, like I said, the, you know, helping other people get where they want to go is something that really juices me up. And I thoroughly enjoy that. And it's why I'm on this show. It's why I do my show. The other part of it is uh, investors. And, you know, I, I'm always looking to uh, meet with folks who are looking to get off the roller coaster of the stock yeah. and bond market, um, or at least diversify a little bit out of it. And uh, you know, my job is to, as a as a sponsor, is to understand kind of where they are in their financial and and life journey and where they're trying to go. And as projects come up, and we have you know very different projects, you know, from C class value add to B class, you know, light touch value add to now we've gotten into development. And they're, they're not the same and they're not for everybody, right? And so, you know, my job is to understand kind of where you are and where you're trying to get and then figure out how we can add value and help you get a little further towards your goal. That's outstanding. Now, you mentioned uh, some active investors there. Are you doing yeah. any active mentoring or is this more of an informal thing where you're talking to people and trying to help them? Or are you talking just in terms of getting you to where you want to be to your financial goals? Great question. So the so as far as formal, I, I do not have a formal coaching program at this point, at least. I do have, I don't know, a couple of dozen folks that I've met over the years who either on LinkedIn or Twitter or through CTRIA or, or somewhere else have kind of tapped me on the shoulder and said, help me. And, yes. uh, and you know, I was blessed with, you know, five or six really amazing mentors over the course of my career. And and both in real estate and in, in the business world. And so they didn't want anything from me. They were doing it because uh, they either <laughs> they either took pity on me or they uh, or they saw something that in me and they they wanted to embrace that. And I'm grateful 
And, you know, the most any of them would ever let me do is buy them breakfast. So a cup of coffee. So, you know, the way that I give back is by doing this stuff. And uh, yeah. Yeah, a lot of lessons in there. And I think the first is that this is a real pay it forward industry. So Amen. if you happen to be a little bit newer and you're wondering, hey, should I reach out? Just reach out. Right. And you also mention about uh, limited partners coming into your deals. Yeah. That's yeah. very important. If you're an active investor out there and you're just thinking like, ah, I do it myself. I, I'm not a limited partner. Try it. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. You're going to learn. And if you think that I learn a lot from speaking to a great operator like Ed Matthews for an hour, I do. But if I come into a deal, <laughs> now that's a much deeper conversation. And I've learned something from every operator that I've gone into a deal. You also mentioned reach out because you've got different types of deals. Right. That's huge. I don't want that to be lost because if you are a limited partner, you're thinking about becoming a limited partner, how do I know that the deal that I need to be in doesn't just happen to be the one that's coming up this week. If I don't call you right. and you've got you mentioned many things, I know we got a lot of tech people here. You mentioned development. So you want to clarify, we're not talking about writing code here, right? Correct. We're talking about ground up building. Exactly. Uh, building. And that's totally different right. than investing in say a C class, trying to turn it into a C plus or a B minus. Right. It's very different than investing in a B and doing an operations play. And depending on where you are, that may or may not be appropriate. I mean, I certainly for my own money, I have some things that are in some riskier things like development. Yeah. I have some value adds, yeah. both my own and investing in others, but I also need cash flow. And right. so I don't invest everything in early stage companies and private equity and then not eat for the next five years. Right. So it's it, it matters the sort of person you are and also what sort of things you've got to balance. So yeah, definitely reach out and I mean, the worst case is that you reach out to somebody, you learn a little bit about another human being and their business plan. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the good news and uh, George is how you and I met. Right. I mean, they, uh, you know, on LinkedIn and Twitter and and just, you know, in meetup groups and all that, you know, we meet you and I and other people like us. We meet a lot of really talented, conscientious, aggressive, smart people. Right. Yeah. And you know, so if, you know, George, if you were contemplating or if you had come to me and said, hey, I've, I've got, you know, a block of capital that I'm looking to deploy and I don't want to put it in the stock market, I'm looking to look at, you know, some form of real estate projects that we have on the table may not be appropriate. But, you know, part of my job is to keep my ear to the ground and find out what everybody else is doing as well. Because if I have someone that comes to me and is looking to deploy capital, and I don't have a project that fits their goals. I'm happy to introduce them to somebody else that I know that um, you know is is a better fit for what they're looking to do. And you know, I it, it, it's uh, you know it's the old Zig Ziglar thing, right? If you help enough people get where they yeah. want to go, then eventually they'll help you get where you want to go. Um, as a 53 year old real estate investor, I can guarantee you that is true. Well, I love that, and I love that connection role now. Correct me if I'm wrong. I know we met on LinkedIn. Was it through Yona's challenge? It was, as a matter of fact, yes. the LinkedIn challenge. Exactly. And so, yeah, Yona Weiss is great. I guess I can deliver a little plug from him because, I yeah. mean, he's hasn't he helped so many people? So be yes. good and right and appropriate to say, yeah, if you do get a chance to go into Yona's challenge, you might meet somebody amazing like Ed. And the next thing you know, another six months or a year later, you're connecting again on a deeper level. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Anything else you want to say? about connecting. I guess you said a lot already. I mean, that you can get anything you want if you help enough people get what they're looking for. 
Yeah, I think, you know, there's there's service and then there's contribution, right? And, you know, service is what we do for our residents, you know, serving them. If they need help, we help them. If they have a question, we answer it. And if we don't know the answer, we find out. And uh, but then there's, you know, it's contribution. And I think that one of the goals that I had set for myself over the last few years is, you know, I want to help other people get to their dream, whatever that is. And some I can help and some I can't. And so, you know, all of the things that we do here at Clark Street and on the podcast, Real Estate Underground podcast is focused around that single premise of helping, you know, contributing to our community and doing it in a way that we share experiences and and cautionary tales and war stories and success stories and all that. And hopefully, you know, over the course of time, uh, the investors out there realize that uh, one, we're a conscientious and uh, and conservative sponsor and and that we know what we're doing. And some of those people will decide that they at least want to, you know, figure out if they like me and and, and our team. And, uh, you know, then we build a relationship. And over the course of time, we earn the right to do business with them. And so, you know, both on the mentoring side, where we're providing as much content as humanly possible, uh, and, and the investor side, where we're, you know, trying to be a good steward, you know, that's what we're focused on. All right, awesome. Well, I want to thank our listeners for joining us for Gray Shirt Day at the Foundry. And before we go into part two, which is going to be really exciting, we're going to talk about a lot of amazing things, including we're going to go really deep with Ed's approach to real estate. See if you can understand, get on board. Is is this somebody maybe you want to work with? We're going to talk a lot more about entrepreneurship. And we're also going to talk about some mindset and about things that uh, Ed is doing to help mentor younger investors. But before we go from part one, before I let you go, I want to make sure everybody knows how to reach you. So just really briefly, if you want to reach out to Ed Matthews, Clark Street Capital, what do you do? So the fastest way is through our website, clarkst.com. So clarkstreet.com. You can also call our office, 860-675-5800. And I am Ed Matthews on all of the, uh, you know, one of the other advantages to being in a tech world when when it was all when they invented the internet, when Al Gore invented the internet, was uh, was that I I actually got to use my real name in a lot of the in a lot of the uh, social media channels because there weren't a lot of people on them. You know, there wasn't a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter when I was joining, right? Uh, and so I'm Ed Matthews, pretty much everywhere. Ed Matthews four in, in a couple of places, and uh, and then Clark Street Capital in on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. Okay, outstanding. Thank you so much for taking your time to share your knowledge and experience with our audience. Truly my pleasure, George. Good to see you. All right.